You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, on today's show, we are going to talk about uh, a, a Boston College basketball player who is hitting the transfer portal. We're going to also look at BC's defensive line. But before we get into all of that, we got to hit the news. Now, first of all, baseball news. Boston College faced off with Holy Cross in their midweek uh, local game. So every week, Boston College is seemingly playing another local team. And they've done really well against most of them. You know, they beat URI, they beat Maine. And this one was a slugfest with Boston College and Holy Cross. BC wins 18-12. to Now, this was a game where Boston College fell behind early. They were down 3-2 to in the second inning. And then the Bats just woke up and mashed Holy Cross into submission. Now, they scored 10 runs in the 5th and 6th innings. And you had hits all up and down this roster. You know, Luke Gold hit his 6th home run of the season. And he, every day I see Luke Gold's name pop up, and I'm going, man, this kid's going to be a star in the end, end Major League Baseball. You know, he had three RBIs. He went two for six. He has his sixth home run. And then D- Rocco, uh, Rocco Baldelli, Dante Baldelli, uh, had his, he went one for three, but he had three runs. He brought his average up to 300. He had three walks. So, this was a game as well where Boston College did not use a starter. They went with Alex Stiegler to, to go with it, and they were going to go with you know throwing relievers out there for like a two-inning max. And it worked out because now you saved all of your starters for the UNC series this weekend. And the, the pitchers didn't do all that great. Joey Ryan had a nice game, and he earned the win. Um, but... You know, they uh, Joe Mancini really struggled. He let up seven runs. Um, but other than that, you know, it was a game that was dictated by BC's offense. They had 17 hits. They had um, 11 walks. <laughs> so this was a four-hour long game. I have to admit, I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw BC go up big, and then I, I had to check out because I had other things to do. But it's another win. They're now 10-5. and five. This sets them up for a big series coming up with UNC. And, but this is going to be home games. This is, I believe, Boston College's first ACC homestand. They get a three-game set against UNC, and that game is going to be on the ACC Network on Friday at 4 p.m. You're going to want to check this out because UNC, they're a very good team. They always are, and um, this this is going to set up to be a really big one. Now, that's the good news. The bad news, let's get into BC hockey. Whoa, what happened in that game? Second ra- third round of the Hockey East tournament, Boston College faces UMass Lowell. And I warned you ahead of time. I said UMass Lowell is a team that can easily take on Boston College. They've done it over and over again. They're o- they were only 9-8 and eight heading into this game, but they stunned BU the-, the game before. So they had everything in them, and they're a team that's always playing hot when they need to, and they did it again. So this game, Boston College jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. You know, they scored goals with Marshall Warren, Mike Hardman, and Alex Newhook, with Matt Boldy and Alex Newhook both having a pair of assists to put BC up 3 three nothing. Then Lowell hits one back, but BC jumps up to a 4-1 lead heading into the third period. 
And this seemed like it was the game over at that point. Boston College, had they were controlling the game. But ju- as I said with the UNH game, at any point in hockey, momentum can change on a dime. And it's exactly what happened in this game. And Lowell scores three unanswered goals to tie the game, all within six minutes. It was an epic collapse for Boston College. You can't call it anything other than that. They collapsed. BC, with... Two minutes left in the game. Score again. Mark McLaughlin puts them up 5-4. But then less than 30 seconds later, Lowell scores again. Ties it and sends it to overtime. And this is when the Hockey East referees take over. Boston College goes out there and they score a goal that looks like the game winner for the Eagles. And what happens? It's overturned by the refs on what looked like a bang bang offside play, where you, it really you couldn't see it on on the um, on the replay. It was not clear at all, and they still took it away. and And so it looked like Boston College was going to win. They take it away. Lowell goes into double overtime. They score and they win on a batted pass. I mean, a batted uh, shot, and they win it. And they're going to go face UMass or Providence. I don't know who's when. They're both playing right now. I think it was two two last I checked. Um, but who cares? <laughs> An upsetting loss. I am so upset with the way you know. It, it's cliche to just complain about referees, but I'm going to complain about referees right now. And it, it's something that happens in every single sport. A baseball, probably a little less, but you know, with football, with the flags, and with hockey, and and some of the tacky uh, calls, and now with replays and basketball and hockey, I am so done with some of these with these uh, officials that take over games and and take to and change it over. I liked video replay. I like video replay when it's used appropriately, but when it's ticky tack stuff, stuff that you know, it's like a hair off. Just let the freaking game go. Let the game play out and let boss, you know, the team that makes that play win. And I was so frustrated to see that this game again was taken over by refs and Boston College ends up out of the tournament because of a ref call. That's exactly what I wanted to see was this game being decided by the Hockey East refs. Now, I know hockey fans in general hate Hockey East refs, but this one really got my blood boiling. So I wanted to say that. Now... That being said, take a breath. This isn't the only thing. Obviously, you want to get a hockey's tournament title, and it stinks that they won't get that. Um, it stinks less that there was no fans there. I don't know how that would have affected some of the, the momentum in this game because I feel like home ice is just gone during COVID. But now it's on to the NCAA tournament. And Boston College will definitely get in. You don't have to worry about that. And I don't have a clue about rankings. I'm sorry. I'm not into hockey enough where I can tell you, oh, this win will will get Boston College a one seed in this place, and then they'll get us two seed in this place. I don't know any of that. If you want to know, I I always say go check out Grant Salzano's stuff on BC Interruption. He's an expert with bracketology and hockey, and uh, he he will give you all the ups and downs on that. That's not my style. That's not my thing. So um, check that out. And that was that was it. It was a frustrating loss. It was a dumb way to end a game, but it is what it is. Hey, and I always like to throw out some of the sports I don't talk about a lot. Uh, but props to BC softball. They won their third straight game, and that I hey any any positive thing is good. Um, 
Oh, and I forgot to talk about BC women's hockey lost to Ohio State in the uh, Frozen Four yesterday. So uh, that's a sad way to win. I, hey, they made the tournament. That's good. So uh, maybe they can build off of that next year. Now, in a moment, we're going to chat about the move from one Boston College basketball player who is going to end up at another school, most likely, in 2021. First, let's chat about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is where you need to go if you want to get work done for your car. It's a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for body and auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few clicks, delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is easy to navigate. You just plug in your car, make, and model. They'll tell you what they have. Best of all, the prices are reliably low and same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure to write LOCKED ON in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com now, let me tell you about another podcast you need to check out. It's one of my favorites on the Locked On Network, and that is Locked On Bets. Betting on college basketball or the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. So in the first segment, we talked about some of the news in terms of sporting events and things that happened. But one of the biggest news stories on Wednesday was a Boston College basketball player entering the transfer portal. And it was a name didn't really completely shock me, but it still kind of was like, ooh, that one stings. And that was shooting guard Jay Heath. Now, Heath was a sophomore. He's from Washington, D.C. This past season, he averaged 14.5 points per game while shooting 35% from beyond the arc. He was Boston College's leading scorer the past year and probably one of their more consistent shooters. So this one stings. Um, You know, Heath, I thought, had his moments. You know, I think with Heath, the thing that I wanted to kind of get into is, first of all... I wouldn't be surprised if he picked if you you brought in Brad Stevens he could have still transferred out. You know, I think he just I it sounded like to me, it just seems to me like this was like a move where he was like I'm going to go somewhere else and find a, a new home and and I don't blame him. Maybe he just needs a, a fresh start. Uh but what what Heath's style reminds me of is, you know, he's a very offensive minded player. You know, he had some big moments that Miami game where Boston College smoked Miami. You know, it was it was Heath and, and Rich Kelly that really stepped up to beat Miami. He was shooting lights out. But, you know, at times, though, he as a shooter, he, he had his moments, too. And of any player on Boston College. I thought Jay Heath was the biggest player you could read his body language to to tell how you were how he's feeling, and at times he looked so dejected out there, and just looked so sad or just like not into it at points. And he obviously tried, and I'm not saying he didn't try. I'm just saying he just you could just see it on the feet on the court, like he just didn't. He just looked like um you know that he's playing for a four and fourteen team or a four and fifteen team, and I I could just I could sense that this was coming, and I thought you know. This puts another, you know, 
it's another tougher position for new head coach Earl Grant to be put into. Because now, with Heath heading out, you now have four players off of this year's roster that are gone. So, you know, I as I've talked about before, I was hoping that, you know, they'd get some of these guys back so they could build them up. But that's not going to be the case. And that's okay, and I'll explain that in a second. So you have Jay Heath leaving. You have Rich Kelly leaving. Rich Kelly left before, you know, the end of the season. Same thing with Winston Tabs. Winston Tabs ended up leaving, and he's at ECU now. He's at Eastern Carolina. Um, and then finally, Stefan Mitchell is entering the NBA draft. So you have four players. Four, three of them are your top scorers. One of them is your heavy rebounder. So you're missing all of that talent. Now, one thing I want to say is that, you know, obviously you want to get the kids back that want to be back. And and Earl Grant said that in his press conference yesterday, that he wants to bring back, you know, the players that want to play. And I have said all along that the, the names that you want to focus on was Heath, was one of a big one, and um, C.J. Felder and Damar Langford. I, I feel like that's the core of who you want to bring in. And then Gianni, Gianni Thompson, uh, who is a freshman that's coming in next year. So you that would be your core to bring in. However, you know, you watch on Twitter, just like with football, basketball's transfer portal is insane right now. There are so many players going in and out of that transfer portal that I I feel like if Earl Grant can get himself his assistance, get himself settled and, and really start to pitch what he's saying, you know, this gritty, not pretty mindset that he has and what he wants to bring to Boston College, he could find some good... Um, players that are out there, you know, there's players from every school that are entering that are entering the transfer portal. I saw Wake Forest has a handful, and you saw UMass and most of the schools that are not in the tournament yet. And I'm sure when the tournament is over or teams are starting to get eliminated, those teams are going to have players enter the portal too. So I think what's important to look at is, yes, this stings, and I and I truly believe this will probably not be the last player that enters the transfer portal, um, but I think BC will be able to, to, to manage that. And I think it's going to have to be through the transfer portal this year because most 2021 recruits in basketball are already signed. So don't get angry at Earl Grant for 2021 not being able to bring any new guys in. They're just not out there. He's going to have to start working on 2022. And I already saw he made an offer for a big um, recruit out of Brewster Academy, Reed Bailey, out of Brewster Academy, who also had offers when he was at College of Charleston. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he continues to push for that. And he also um, had, I saw him, uh, Earl Grant, getting into some, uh, I saw his name posted with some transfers as well. So those are some things that you're going to want to check out. And and I think he's going to get busy. And it's only going to get busier when he starts getting um, some of his assistants in as well. So all in all, Keith is going to hurt. And having three of your leading scorers is going to hurt. But if he's really into building his system, this is what you have to do. If Jay Heath isn't going to fit into your system or he's not buying in and really wants to get out, then he's got to move on. you got to get your guys in here. And, and Grant has already said that that's what he needs to do. So we're going to have to see where they go from here. Now, in our final segment, we're going to get more into spring ball. And we're going to turn over to the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to look at the defensive line and talk about 
some of the things that could happen on the defensive line this spring. But before we do, let's chat about betonline.ag. Are you into gambling? Do you like to make wagers? Go over to betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers sports, uh, TV shows, reality, award shows, you name it, they have it. They have you covered for all the news scores and updates. And if you head over to their website or on your mobile device, you can sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Make sure to get that bonus. You use promo code locked on. Now it's one of my favorite times of the show when I can tell you all about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market, and it's made with amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and it's covered in chocolate. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness time. Today's matchup is coconut brownie chunk and lemon almond cheesecake. For me, this is this is a no-brainer because for me, the coconut brownie chunk is by far my favorite Bilt Bar. I love this thing. And it killed me that it was only a limited time offer and I hope they make them again because I bought extra so that I could have some when I ran out. And I, I, I hoard them. I have them and my wife, is I'm not allowing her to have any of them. So... I'm going with cho- coconut brownie chunk. Lemon almond cheesecake is good too, though. So you can't really lose with this, but I'm going with that. Now you just need to go to builtbar.com or use bar underscore built on Twitter to make your, to go and make sure you vote. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. If you do not already, please follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Again, that's LockedOnBC. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Boston College SI. And my website, I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Head over there. You're going to get all your news and insight and find all sorts of other rabid Boston College fans to chat with. So check out BCBulletin.com and become one of our commenters. To do that, there's a little section box at the bottom. You have to go kind of pass some ads. I really recommend if you like this podcast, jump into the comment section. It's a lot of fun. Now, let's chat about the defensive line. Now, of any position Boston College had last year, this I feel is one of the big positions Boston College needs to improve on and really needs to to grow at. And I think it's something that Jeff Halfley has worked to improve. You know, he brought in some really strong recruits on the defensive line. Nito Akpalo is one I've talked about a lot as a elite pass rusher or or one that could grow to be an elite pass rusher. So you have all these new guys and then you bring in veterans. You have Brandon Barlow coming back. You have uh, Marcus Valdez. You have uh, at the defensive ends, you have those two along with Shatasala, who I talked about on last week's podcast. So you have a trio of solid defensive ends that have shown that they can do it, you know, things in bursts. And then you have um, uh, Chichibuzi and Wuka and TJ Rand to go along with Cam Horsley at defensive tackle. Now, I am really excited to see what happens with this group at, in in 
spring practice. And it's not the the starters because I still feel like Jeff Halfley, he says the most talented player is going to be the ones that start. I, I really strongly believe that it'll probably be a similar defensive end setup than it was last year where you have Marcus Valdez and then Shatasala and um, Brandon Barlow kind of subbing in and out all over the place. But what really intrigues me, especially at the defensive ta- uh, end position, are what these youngsters are going to do. You have Donovan Azarico coming in, who's another name I really am intrigued to see what he does. And then you have a lot of depth at defensive tackle, which I think is going to be interesting to look at. You have um, Chris Banks, the new transfer that's in from Temple. He's going to be in, and he'll be he'll be battling for for some uh, starting spots. You have Isaiah Henderson coming back from injury. You have and I and I brought him up already, but I am really interested to see what Cam Horsley can do because it seemed like last uh, summer his name was all over everything. It was, you know, everything that was happening during any practice, it was Cam Horsley did this, Cam Horsley did that. And we started to see pieces of that in the season. He grew into more of of a player as the season progressed. And of anyone on that defensive line right now that has experience, he's the one I think that could be the most explosive right now. Now, you have those freshmen that are coming in too, and Nito Ekpala is not going to be there for spring. If I'm not sure if I was clear about that. He, he's coming in in the summer. But in terms of guys that are there now, I think Horsley is probably the most explosive. So he'll be interesting to see what he can do at, uh, at that position. And so... They're going to battle. This is going to be a group that's going to battle, that's going to have to show if there's players out there that are going to rise to the top. Maybe there's a player that hasn't done as well and with this practice, with this timing, are able to kind of catch Jeff Halfley's eyes, catch Tem Lokabu's eyes, and get themselves into a bigger role. That could happen, and that could happen this spring. So we're going to keep an eye on that defensive line. See, and, and of that group too, I what I think really... It, should work for in their favor is that they get to battle against one of the best offensive lines of the country and to work on them and get against each other in practice. That's going to make them better. That's going to only make a team better when they get to, to, to do that week in and week out at practice. So the defensive line, I think is going to be an interesting group. It's a group that I still have concerns about, but I think has talent and a lot of upside. And we might see some of it during the spring, but we might see more of it when it comes to the fall when you have more of the the freshmen coming in that haven't come in yet. Now, on tomorrow's show, we will chat more about anything going on at Boston College Sports. We have um, more spring football to review. I'm sure there'll probably be more news that I have to get into. Might get into some recruiting news as well. You'll see when you come on over. Now, if you have not done so already, please make sure to like and subscribe to Blocked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. And if you don't mind, if you like our podcast, Send this to a friend, send this to a family member that listens, that likes Boston College and say, hey, this is great podcast out. They do it every day. They talk about Boston College. So, you know, you know, we go to these games and I want to talk. I want you to get to check this out. And so hopefully you'll get a chance to do that as well um, and, and send that along. This is AJ Black. Follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I will see you all again tomorrow for Friday's show. I can't believe this week is almost over. Take care, everyone. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Hope you are all doing well. If you are new to Locked On Boston College, welcome. 
This is uh, my name's AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin, part of the Fan Nation and SI Network. I've been the host of Lockdown Boston College going on four months now, and I really enjoy it. We do this every single day. You're going to get a Boston College podcast in a nice 20 to 25 minutes where I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the Eagles, whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, football, recruiting, you name it, I get it. I have uh, interviews. I've interviewed Sean Marshall, Richard Jurgen. I've interviewed recruits, Chris Banks, the new defensive tackle. You're going to want to check all of those out in our archives if you have not checked them out already. 